This is Defenders TV Podcast Episode 74, where we are looking at Luke Cage's 101. Welcome back, Defenders, to this episode of Defenders TV Podcast, episode 74, where we are looking at the 101 of Marvel's comic character and soon-to-be Marvel's Netflix character, Luke Cage. Uh, obviously, coming off the back of Jessica Jones and Daredevil Season 2, and um, this is all leading to the 30th of September, where it will be dropped globally by Netflix. I am one of your hosts, John. I'm one of your other hosts, Derek. Yeah, really looking forward to Luke Cage, the TV show. Uh, but we're going to be talking about the uh, the 101, the uh, the basics and knowledge uh, that you'll need to know for Luke Cage. And uh, don't forget, guys, I'm here too. I know. I, I, kind, of, I kind of felt like this all, I wanted to make it a surprise almost. Like, uh, uh, oh yeah, no, no, I, I'm, Chris is here too. Don't worry. Hey, guys. Welcome on board, Chris. Too. Thank yes. you. <laughs> Sorry about that. I just wanted to uh, wanted to jump in as well. Um, yeah, really looking forward to this. Luke yeah, Cage definitely. Coverage. I think in, in in many respects, this is probably going to be our one hundred and one. I mean, uh, for for me personally, I do know his him from his association with Iron Fist, um, and obviously the Heroes for Hire. But but after that, um, I've got a lot to learn about Luke Cage, and in some ways, um, it will be useful for for the show just to have that sort of one step removed from the character really uh, learning more about the character during um the the 13 episodes uh yeah no for myself i'm actually not gonna lie i'm kind of uh this is i've always known luke cage from more peripheral like secondary character to a lot of so he he is a new york based hero so he did get a lot of crossover with spider-man the odd time um and then Especially during Civil War, he he became very prominent in the comic book arc. Um, so the Secret Avengers, um, I've, from re- my read through of Alias and kind of following that, he's in there as well. And then actually at that point, uh, post Civil War, we had the New Avengers, and he was one of the kind of members of that. So um, for me that was this. I am coming in kind of like a newborn too. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm quite interested. I'm I'm more like this is gonna be. It's a, it's almost like a daunting thing. I'm like, I'm scared, but I'm. It's kind of like Christmas Eve for me right now because I'm kind of like, it's coming. I, I, I'm excited, but I'm also nervous. What if I don't get the presents I want? So it's a sweet Christmas, basically. Oh my god, it is sweet Christmas. <laughs> sweet Christmas. <laughs> yeah, this is a bit of a three for actually. Uh, this is the probably the least known character of the uh, of the four defenders for me as well. Um, very much knew him from from comic books for years. You know, he's been around since the uh, since the seventies. So um, he's always appeared in comic books, but I've never really read any of his solo titles up until a couple of months ago uh, when I started doing a bit of a reread during the summertime of this year. So after. Uh, Jessica Jones. So my version of Luke Cage really has been the Mike Coulter version. Uh, he's the one that I probably know better than the comic book version up until I started rereading. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be a really interesting yeah. show for the three of us to look at. Interesting, definitely. And I think as well, before we start, just to avoid any confusion for anyone who's maybe listening in thinking that 101 is for season one, episode one of the Marvel Netflix Luke Cage. No, this is a 101 in the sense of his his creation, his origin. We're going to go through his allies, affiliations, partnerships, 
to um, his enemies and antagonists and obviously look at some of then maybe publications or, or where we've seen him in other media such as obviously Jessica Jones are on Netflix as well. Mm-hmm. So this is not a, a review of season one, episode one of um, the Marvel Netflix show that, that drops on the 30th of September. So just to make sure from the outset that you're clear. However, the one thing maybe that we do need to uh, highlight is it could be possible spoilers for um, the actual show. I mean, we are thinking that this show will um, go very close to the um, origins of Luke Cage um, and and how he becomes uh, Power Man or the Man with Unbreakable Skin. Mm-hmm. So actually within this, just to forewarn you now, there may be some spoilers about what happens in the, the 13 episodes with regards to his origin yeah. and how he gets that. Absolutely. If you remember from uh, from Jessica Jones, a lot of his backstory was kept completely secret. He was known as the kind of local bartender, womanizer. You saw a bit about his wife, Reva, uh, and a little bit of his backstory. But even even questions that were asked to him about his history, he just kind of batted them away and, and ignored them. So uh, I definitely feel that, that the, the Chio Coker version on, on Netflix, which is coming out on the 30th of September, is going to really take inspiration from the 70s book. Uh, and it seems like from the trailers that we've seen anyway, uh, there's a couple of really nice nods to that version of, uh, of Luke page so uh, so be forewarned there will be a couple of things that could be considered spoilers but again we haven't seen any episodes of luke cage just yet so we don't know if any of these are spoilers um also just to get it clear as well in the mind of myself uh, and probably anyone who's listening these are um, the events as well that are, are going to happen in the luke cage show and um, they happen after jessica jones that's correct yeah okay yeah, I had I had a question about that on our one of our previous podcasts as to when it was going to take place. But um, yeah, very specifically, this happens after he loses his bar, loses his job uh, in Jessica Jones, and goes back kind of tail between the legs to Harlem. Okay, so, so basically, some of those images that we've seen that that sort of hint at his origin are more than likely going to be in flashbacks. Absolutely. Um, yeah. In the same way as we kind of saw in Jessica Jones, where we saw her flashback to. And her previous life with, uh, the purple man, uh, and, and obviously with another Luke Cage, uh, character that she killed. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, there'll also probably be spoilers for Jessica Jones during this podcast <laughs> as well. Yeah. Uh, didn't think that would happen, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, right. Before we get into Luke Cage, let's just do one final, uh, reiteration of our competition. We have our off-season competition that's going on at the moment. It is all Doctor Strange related because everything also leads to Doctor Strange's release now on the 25th of October in the yeah, UK and Ireland. My birthday. Woohoo! That's right. That's they right. They actually obviously must have known. They must have. They, they must just have. must have. Uh, but if you want to enter our competition, all you need to do is leave us a review over on iTunes and pop us on an email to feedback at Defenders TV podcast dot com giving us your name and where you left your uh, your review and um, we can't pick up every single review that comes up on itunes unfortunately so there's been a few that that we've seen in other countries places like denmark where we've got a lovely review there um which we wouldn't have seen unless we got the email from that from the person that left it so thank you so much to those of you that have left a review uh, competition itself will be open till about the 28th of september uh, and we will record uh, the winner for our for the release of our Luke Cage episode one review, uh, which will come out on the 30th of September. We hope. Cross fingers for that one. But uh, it should be out on the 30th of September. So uh, please uh, like and share, obviously, the uh, the podcast. All you need to do to leave a review on iTunes, just go to DefendersTVPodcast.com slash iTunes, pop onto it, log into your iTunes account, leave us a little review, and then pop us on an email. 
without further ado then, guys, I think it's time to get into Luke Cage 101. Absolutely. I think we will kick off with the creation of, of Luke Cage, um, who was created in 1972. Um, the first issue of Luke Cage Hero for Hire. I hasten to add, not heroes for hire. Um, his real name was Carl Lucas, um, raised in Harlem. Um, and he's also known, obviously not within this comic, but um, it was a solo hero for hire, uh, also known as Power Man. So he does have a few other names associated with him. But he was introduced as Luke Cage here in, in the, this 1972 comic. It was created by Archie Goodwin, who was the writer. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the artists were John Romita Jr. and George Tusker, uh, both um, artists on this uh, new creation for, for Marvel. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it can't really be taken away uh, from the actual origin of the character. This was right in the middle of the black exploitation explosion in the US when you had characters like Shaft in the cinema. Uh, a big kind of... Um, a big thing to happen in in cinema, really, in the US. Um, so they decided to kind of bring that character into Marvel comic books, very much like things like you know Iron Fist was created in uh, in the time when Kung Fu was very popular, um, Shang Chi was very popular because again of the martial arts that were going on at the time in the seventies. So this is where Luke Cage came from. This is where his background is. Yeah, a lot of these characters respond to cultural events going on, certainly in the US um, at, at the time, and this is this is no different. Um, to be honest, um, this really does uh, come from that whole era of black exploitation movies, um, or, or of the the you know the TV shows showing gritty cop dramas, um, but as well, I mean, we do have it coming out of you know um, the civil rights movements as well, and mm-hmm. and all these different um, uh, cultural and social aspects all blending together, and of course, you know, Marvel like DC, like any. Uh, other kind of uh, medium it is responding to those events and for Marvel it's the creation of characters that reflect some of these uh, things going on mm-hmm. but um, yeah so but his actual the character's origin then how, how does Luke Cage come about how, how does this um, this man become the man with the unbreakable skin who angle grinds his abs for pleasure <laughs> <laughs> actually his his uh, first issue comic is actually quite a quite a large size issue there's a lot that goes on before he gets to creation it's not like, you know, the atom bomb drops and he's suddenly Luke Cage. I really do like his origin story. Um, so as you mentioned, John, he was born Carl Lucas and raised in Harlem. He grew up in juvenile homes and worked with criminal uh, with the criminal element in the Harlem area. Uh, kind of just some basic crimes, you know, knocking over a shop here and there. Uh, but he was working for the most part with his with his best mate, uh, Willis Stryker. Uh, Willis went down a different path and became a much bigger criminal within Harlem. Um, but Luke turned away from that and turned kind of against that whole criminal element. Uh, as he grew up um, eventually unfortunately he had an argument with Willis Stryker over a woman sadly uh, this woman is Reva Connors who we know from Jessica Jones uh, his wife yeah. in the Jessica Jones series uh, she was in the in the original issues of the comic um, but because of this fight over a girl Reva Connors who Willis believed that Luke had turned against him um, he plants heroin in Luke Cage's apartment and Luke gets arrested and sent off to prison making his way to Seagate prison uh, on a life sentence uh, while there he has really unfortunate luck he gets uh, he gets pretty much abused and targeted by a sadistic guard uh, which is Billy Bob Rackham or Albert Billy Bob Rackham um, constantly under that pressure Luke gets the guard put on notice um, 
and is blamed by him for uh, for his for a demotion effectively. No, it's really interesting. I, I love this kind of origin of of Luke Cage. I, I like that the struggle that he has to really assert himself in in this world, and I I kind of like the villainous slant of, that he potentially could have gone down as well. You mm-hmm. know, this idea that he does dream of following Willis Strike and being in this kind of racketeering uh, gang and and being he's is also a member of a gang called the Rivals. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that you know there is this kind of history that is a bit ambiguous for for um for Luke Cage. And and it comes back a bit uh, again even with his best friend Iron Fist as well. Um where he he slightly betrays Iron Fist uh, when he he's trying to when Heroes for Hire trying to reform. Um uh, it's all with the the master the master of the world series um, and with heroes for hire but like I, I love that slant to um luke cage's character that yeah. you know he could have gone another way and and it's been this battle and struggle and even when he's been you know i say gone to seagate prison you have him again just finding the worst of luck by having a real sadistic sort of psychotic um guard uh, who, who ultimately you know, triggers the the path that he goes down on and who he becomes. But I really like this side of Luke Cage, and I'm hoping and you know that it, it comes out um, certainly in, in the the Netflix show. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like uh, one of the other weird weirder elements, I suppose, for Luke is that while he's stuck in prison, he also is experimented on by Dr. Noah Burstein, um, who experiments on him with the same kind of super soldier serum that was used to create Captain America. So quite interesting. A little bit of an advancement to a slight change to it after 30 years of being in development after the creation of Captain America. So once again, the super soldier serum is responsible for the creation of another character in the Marvel Universe, which I really like. Um, But what makes it unusual is that Billy Bob Rackham, the the wronged, or he feels wronged, security guard is the one that basically messes with all the dials, turns them all up to 11 while uh, while Luke is under <laughs> uh, during these experiments. And it turns him into Paraman. It has a much bigger effect on him uh, than it did on Captain America. So an interesting little touch there. You wonder, is he stronger than Captain America after these experiments? Because he's had a, it's had a much greater effect on him. Um, but he uses that to break out of prison. He walks through a wall effectively, breaks out of prison, goes off to Harlem and changes his name from Carl Lucas to Luke Cage and sets up Heroes for Hire. Again, another really unusual thing in the Marvel comic books. This is a guy that's basically saying, well, I'm now superpowers. People need superpowers. I need money. So I'm going to set up a company. And if you can pay me, I'll save you. Basically, and that's that's the character. So very different for the yeah, universe, and that that filters through his his character as well. Like in Defenders, he kind of almost tells them to go run and jump that he can't do this anymore because he's got bills to pay and he's not getting paid to mm-hmm. be a defender. And there's all that he's he's um, defending the earth against all this weird stuff that is totally out there for him because you know he is a street level hero at at heart, and um, but. I think it, it, Nighthawk, one of the other members of Defenders, puts him on retainer, pays him a wage so that he can still be in Defenders. So this kind of, this notion that, you know, um, it's important to earn a wage and, and uh, uh, be employed is really important for Luke Cage. And I think it's one of those other, like, fascinating things that really grounds this character. He is, to all intents and purposes, a, a, a working man from Harlem and wants to earn money to to live at and to, to to just, you know, live in his community. And yeah. even when 
part of the defenders he's like i'm not getting paid for this and i've got bills to pay effectively and they put him on retainer so fantastic i love that idea because you look at obviously iron fist iron man and dr strange and all three of them are multi-millionaires who have tons of money you know it's uh that's kind of the standard you wonder where they get all their money to do this stuff and it's like well yeah okay they were left it by their parents is basically it whereas luke uh a guy who's uh who's been in and out of juvenile homes gets sent to prison comes out of prison and then goes, right, I'm setting up an agency now. People can pay me to do this work. Great idea. I'm, I'm kind of interested now in the upcoming Netflix show. He's now down and out on his luck now mm-hmm. after losing the thing. So I'm assuming we're going to get, he's going to come home back to Harlem and literally go straight hero fire. Basically, there'll be someone who go like, I'm assuming it's going to be like, he'll stop a robbery in a shop or something. Mm-hmm. And then, They'll offer him money, and he'll go, oh, and take some money, and then becomes the hero of fire. Then he'll have a soul search and go, I should really be doing this for for better things. And then he'll start doing it for free. Or he'll just hire on more people to join his agency. <laughs> That'll be hired out I, for, for different jobs. You know? <laughs> yeah, but but that, that um, I, I'm wondering, like, from the comics, and, and obviously within the trailer of, of Luke Cage that we've had, where he's in the shop, I think it's, um, is it a Chinese takeaway or a mm-hmm. Chinese restaurant, kind of street food restaurant, um, where um, he's protecting that shop against those criminals that are trying to obviously rob uh, the cash register. But that does happen in the comics. I think that is also lifted out. That's exactly where he gets his uh, his idea of being that hero for hire right. in that um, they offer to pay him for saving their business and so on. And... and He's willing to take it because, as you say, he is a working man. He mm-hmm. needs to earn money to um, buy the house, pay the bills, uh, and, and ride the bike. It's kind of that kind of simple. So it's really interesting. And I just wonder whether that scene is kind of um, that reflection of, of one of the, the comic arcs. Yeah, so it'd be really interesting. Very interesting. Uh, Chris, do you want to talk about the actual powers of Luke Cage? We know that he's got unbreakable skin, basically, from uh, from the TV show. Uh, what's the overall powers of this uh, of the character? Luke actually possesses superhuman strength and stamina. Mm-hmm. And then it goes on that his actual skin and muscle tissue is like so extremely dense that it 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 kind of gives him this high resistance to physical injury. Right. Um. And basically, as you said, it's the cellular regeneration experiment, the super soldier experiment, that kind of fortified all the tissues and the lungs and everything in his body. Um. And initially, from the first experiment. He actually only had this kind of uh, stamina and regeneration and uh, the actual uh, kind of bulletproofness. Mm-hmm. And then on a later stage in the comics history, he then got a second exposure right. and got enhanced, which enhanced his strength to a greater uh, piece. So actually this leads into a question, but I'll, I'll put a pin there right for a second. Okay. Uh, and then basically also he has a faster than normal, but I think we've seen the word 3x somewhere. Uh, recovery time. Have. Uh, recovery time from his injuries. But, um, what I'm actually kind of interested in is we have yet to see him have super strength really. Hmm. In, well, what, what I would consider he's bulletproof and he can bend things because he's so strong. So I'm wondering is potentially this uh, arc the series the 13 episodes is where he's going to get super strength he'll get a second dose 
and he'll get that bit more. Yeah, I would say ripping a, a, a car door off is pretty super strong. Yeah, Punching suppose. through walls, pretty strong. But well, I know what you mean. Is it that is it, Harlem, so we, like it's more. It's probably like kind of like like not stonewall. We're talking kind of plasterboard. So like though, no, okay. But but so may no, but maybe like I mean, we definitely saw in Jessica Jones that Jessica can equal his power at mm. moments. So you know, he is superhuman with regards to that. But maybe we do see him have another um, dose of of the serum and maybe what we've seen where it looks to be the initial experiment maybe that's his second ex- experiment or or recharge or maybe. reboot of, of the serum into his body because yeah. it's either a flashback or it, it's it's another dose of this serum so maybe we i mean that's not beyond possibility definitely yeah yeah um well. it depends what that scene is is it a flashback or is it something in the present mm-hmm. of, of luke cage's life yeah so it'd be really interesting to see that definitely yeah um, like I will i will say in the research for this episode we did rewatch the fight scene between jessica jones so there's a bit fresher uh in in my mind because uh, we only watched it about half an hour ago actually um, oh, okay. but it's, so it's quite interesting seeing that those two characters were fighting and it was very much showing that he is equally powered um, to Jessica Jones. So however strong you think she is, Luke is pretty much exactly equal because you see them pushing each other back and forth no further. They don't do, they don't throw each other over uh, unless caught unawares kind of thing. So um, so maybe he just has this in his head going, well, I want to be stronger than her, so I'll go back for one more treatment. <laughs> you know, That could be it, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and to boot as well, he is an experienced and skilled street fighter. And part of that comes from his relationship with um, Iron Fist, who who teaches him some martial arts, but also just the fact that you know he grew up within the gang rivals, and that he he's got the 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 physical smarts about him to you know he he can throw a good punch basically you know in that sense, and, and he can look after himself. So and, you know he he has those skills embedded and given then the strength, the stamina, the 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 steel hard skin. Um, uh, the dense and the dense hard muscle uh, and bone, um, then definitely a force to be reckoned with. I reckon. even even can resist the power of a uh, of an angle grinder. Absolutely, <laughs> that's pretty powerful. It certainly is very powerful. On the TV show, Chio Coker, the uh, the showrunner for the show, has called the type of fighting style that uh, that Luke Cage does. He's called it smack foo. Uh, which I like. Uh, so this is the concept that effectively <laughs> he is so strong he can just throw people out of the way with a single punch. So uh, they had to c- come up with some very different ways of filming it, very different ways of doing it because it could, come, could become boring very quickly uh, when you've got bullets just bouncing off him and everybody that attacks him just gets thrown across the room. So uh, really intrigued to see. We've seen a bit of the fight sequence, um, one of the big fight, fight sequences in some of the trailers that have been out, but uh, really interesting to see how they uh, how they do that in the, sh- in the show. You know, um, really excited about it. So John. Do you want to give us a bit of a uh, bit of background on some of Luke's allies? You mentioned Iron Fist as being one of his main Absolutely. allies. Absolutely. Uh, one of your favorite characters, really. One of my favorite characters um, helps to clear Luke Cage from the, the, the accusations of being, you know, a drug runner, drug handler, and, and all that from prison. Um, he helps him defeat, like, I think 
there's one of the antagonists of of Luke Cage is, is Bushmaster, um, related to a, another gang, the the Magia, the it's a European kind of syndicated gang. Mm-hmm. I think um, I mentioned them before. It's the, that's like the mafia of Marvel, basically. Uh, yeah, and you have these two MacGyver characters, Quincy and John. Uh, Quincy being super powered, John being effectively a criminal level. So it fits in to to Luke Cage's world in Harlem and um, and with Striker and and all the other type of uh, criminal uh, underworld seedy gangs that are there. You know, th- this is one of Luke Cage's big bads, and uh, Luke Cage, along with um, Misty Knight, help to clear Luke Cage um, and and get the the information to show that he is and um, he he can be exonerated. That shows he's innocent uh, from Bushmaster, who's trying to effectively. Uh, do leverage and get some uh, money um, from that. So you have them clearing him of his charges. They become best of friends. Ultimately, Luke Cage is introduced to Iron Fist through Misty Knight, mm-hmm. who is Iron Fist's girlfriend at the time. Right. Uh, Misty Knight has her own detective agency, the the Nightwing Restorations, I think, which is really cool. And I like that idea that... Within the the Netflix world as well, we're going to hopefully see this this almost like alternative um, detective agency in the same way as uh, um, Alias Investigations yeah. with with Jessica Jones. It's bringing in that aspect that that detective and investigative work that within these street leveled heroes. Yes, they're super powered, but they have to find the, the the chain of events and link the the people to the actions. They don't just go rolling in there with the Hulk that the you know, you've got the likes of um Jaron Hogarth who actually founds um heroes for hire um with uh, the two man team of Iron Fist right. and uh Luke Cage. Yep. Um, but yeah, they become best of friends. And I mean, you know, there is this, I just absolutely love their dynamic within Heroes for Hire and, and between the two of them, you know, you've got, uh, Danny Rand's sort of lovability, uh, quipability, uh, and all that. You know, he's the one that's joking. He, he's kind of like setting Luke up for, you know, some disastrous comedy fall all mm-hmm. the time. It, it's really good. Uh, and it kind of contrasts with Luke's, more somber notes, you know, he's a man of the street, he's had a hard life. Yeah. Um it's not that he's not funny, but he, he just does it in a different way. And he, he's a more serious, somber person. And and the two of these people kind of bounce off one another. They're a real kind of odd couple, aren't they? It is. It's a real odd couple, but such a really great um partnership. So definitely um Iron Fist, uh, Misty Knight are huge uh allies to to Luke Cage. Obviously we have Jessica Jones as well being a massive ally, um, to, to the point that, you know, they get married and, and have a daughter. That's right. That's right. Little Danielle. Yeah. Little Danielle. So, um, and that all, you know, I think we see Danielle, you know, we see Luke Cage, um, in Civil War fighting on the side of Captain America on the basis that, you know, they have to retain their freedoms. He's a father as well. And that's a great dynamic to bring to a superhero that he's a father. Uh, I mean, it's in the same with, say, House of M, I suppose, that mm-hmm. kind of notion of a fatherly figure of Magneto. He goes a bit more evil, obviously, <laughs> yeah. um, to, to Luke Cage's more um, protective 
uh, father, daughter, and Brace. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's it's a really nice kind of um, set of allies that that Luke Cage has here, I think, yeah. and, and some really great uh, partnerships. Um, and I think he even has a relationship with Claire Temple. So I'm really interested to see Claire Temple within Luke Cage and just maybe some of the history that they have coming to the fore. Yeah. And, and you know, whether it's in good spirits or maybe there's a bit of tension still there, that I, I'm really intrigued to see how they work the potential for post-relationship awkwardness between the two or fun or just, you know, whatever it might be, how they deal with that previous relationship that they, they have, at least in the comics, maybe they won't address it at all. Yeah. And it'll be, it might, it might be the other really way around. Interesting. This, this may be his new relationships. We've got Misty Knight, obviously in the show, there has been a relationship between Luke and Misty um, in the comic books. We had Jessica, obviously, in Jessica Jones, but, you know, she did kill his wife in that show. So um, probably not going to have that long-term relationship that we've seen in the comic books just yet, anyway. Um, and yes, we have uh, we have Claire Temple, who's going to appear in the, in the Luke Cage TV show. So uh, entirely possible that he could have at least two partners throughout this 13-episode series. <laughs> Apart from uh, Jessica Jones, so uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how that all plays out. And the final one of his major allies um, is really someone that's going to be in the Iron Fist series, which is Colleen Wing. Uh, we saw her first uh, first kind of um, shot on set this week, uh, where she is going to be in Iron Fist. But she's a she's another big character for Luke. Um, she's the former uh, housemate of uh, Misty Knight. Um, in fact, when when they all meet each other for the first time, it's in issue forty eight. I was just reading them uh, during my rereads during the summer. Um, where Paraman is looking for, um, for Misty Knight, breaks in, has a big battle with, uh, Colleen Wing, um, who calls on the help of Danny Rand and, uh, and Misty Knight. And that's kind of how they all meet up for the first time. So another big character for Luke. So, uh, it'd be intriguing to see if she, if there is some kind of crossover before Iron Fist starts, uh, with all of those characters working together for, uh, in one case, or maybe that's going to be the, the switch over to Iron Fist, uh, the series that's also coming from Netflix next year. Well, that's it. I think I I don't know what you guys feel, but for me, this is one of the things of of the Luke Cage um, show, and um, because Heroes for Hire is such uh, and Hero for Hire is such an important part of Luke Cage's origin. You know, that was the title of the comic for the creation, and it, it's you know to to what extent, to a greater or lesser extent, are they going to introduce? A heroes for hire element mm. because in, in a lot of cases you've got, um, you, you do have the, the people there, uh, to, to, to form that grouping with Misty Knight, with Iron Fist, Danny Rand, you've got Luke Cage, you've got Colleen Wing, you've got Jaron Hogarth, you've got all these people mm-hmm. established, um, very much so, um, or at least to be established with, with Danny Rand. Yeah. And, um, you know, to what extent will Danny Rand, um, be in this Luke Cage um, series to set up himself and his own kind of uh, his own show later on uh, in the same way that Luke Cage was in Jessica Jones. I'm really looking forward to seeing again that crossover. We certainly know Claire Temple's going to be in there, but it'll be great to to see what type of crossover uh, comes in with, in particular for me, uh, Iron Fist and, and Danny Rand. Absolutely. Do you think we'll get Danny Rand introduced at, like, episode 10, 11, 12, 13, kind of just before the end? I'm hoping we do. I'd love, I'd love to see 
him get as big a part in the show as uh, Luke got in Jessica Jones. Remember, yeah. he really was in the show for four episodes, but he did have a big impact because her storyline was intrinsically tied in with Reva Connors um, and what happened with, with Reva in that show. So, um, so I'd like to see a big kind of arc towards the end of the season, but everything that I've seen so far of the show really tells me this is a story about Luke and Misty. Um, it's going to be, yeah. it's going to be very Harlem based and it's all about the people that are around them. So, um, I really, I really don't know whether there's one huge arc that goes to maybe episode eight or nine and then something else kicks off towards the end of the season that's going to be completed in Iron Fist. Perhaps that's, that's a way that could have played it, could yeah. play it. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me. I'm kind, I'm really hoping we don't get what we got with Luke Cage, which was, you know, a two minute trailer at the end of, or well, a 30 second trailer at the end of, uh, of Daredevil season two. Um, I'm kind of hoping that we get something more than that for Iron Fist that because the characters are so intrinsically linked in the comic books, I'd like to see him actually be involved in, uh, in Harlem. But, you know, again, he hasn't been introduced anywhere else yet. Uh, we haven't seen Danny yet. So yeah. And I wonder, Danny's got a very, he does have the typical, he's a playboy, playboy before he becomes the hero, isn't it? They goes in, or did he? I'm not sure about his origin, and we'll get to that in the Iron Fist 101. Exactly. I know John's struggling no, I mean, to hold back. No, it's it. it's more Iron Fist. It, it, he is from a wealthy family. Um, yes. you know there is wealth there. Um, but he he's uh effectively he is um you know they're involved in a plane crash. Him, his father, and his mother, and, and he's he. Is sent to and is rescued by the monks and that of Conlon, and that's where he spends his time. So he's kind of yes, there is this there's, there's this inherited old wealth uh, um, that when he comes back to New York it is there for him. It's been accruing uh, interest left, right, and center. So he is wealthy. He's wealthy, yeah. and again, it's one of those aspects of the that that dichotomy between uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage mm-hmm. that you know. Luke is street level. He's from a poor background. Danny from a rich, but again, that they overcome that. They, they, there's a connection there between the two. So I, I think that's that. That's a nice little um, touch to their friendship. I think as well. I'm kind of. I'm going to call it now. I think we'll have a scene with Colleen and Luke just there chatting away, mm-hmm. and then a drunken, boisterous. Uh, young Danny Rand kind of comes over pre-powers, pre. Interesting. And then, so then, what we get with Iron Fist is he's been introduced as this eccentric playboy, very Oliver Queen esque from DC. Prior to the accident, Who's he that? then <laughs> that would be the the Green Arrow. Oh yeah. Currently played by Stephen Amell in Arrow. <laughs> but he now he's the eccentric playboy. Prior, he then gets uh the um has the accident and then he'll we'll, we'll see him post pre just coming into the accident right interesting i think that could be it because at least it, right. it would be a mistake not to at least introduce him at this point i'd l- i'd love to see him in the show definitely yeah. definitely um, the the worry that i do have is that i th- i think the full origin of iron fist is actually going to be him out of new york until he's in his early 20s i don't think we're actually going to see or his late teens early 20s i don't think i don't know whether we're going to see that uh, appear in, in Luke Cage. So I don't know how they're going to work it, but I really do want to see him uh, in the show. But but um, if Misty Knight's there, um, I think they could do that. He could be there actually with full powers and again, then either it's have- a continuation on and his background is in flashback Maybe, in, yeah. in Iron Fist rather than it just being from uh, a linear tale from 
uh, where the plane crashes in the mountains and so on. But they could do that as well. I mean, I think one of the other things just quickly on the Allies is that, you know, it's not all um, plane sailing either. The the heroes for hire do kind of fall apart um, and, and this... Bet- and in particular between Luke Cage and, and, and uh, Danny Rand, that they begin to sort of separate um, as this mysterious government agencies must begin to manipulate them. They're obviously on the radar, the work that they do, mm-hmm. um, and um, that they, they work then, they, they begin working for consolidated conglomerates, um, and ultimately Iron Fist gets poisoned by radiation and is killed by um, a young boy... <sighs> called Bobby, who is someone who has an alien um, microorganism living inside him. As you do. As you do. Mm -hmm. A bit like Venom, I suppose, in that sense, and who um, that is able to change his molecular structure, and this causes Iron Fist to effectively get killed, or what they think is. But again, Luke Cage is accused of killing Iron Fist and goes on the run again. So he's suddenly... On the run to Chicago, I think it is. Um, and it, it's at this time where they're separated that he, in the comics, he sets up a bar. He sets about ridding, you know, his neighborhood of, um, of, of criminal elements. And um, mm-hmm. once he's been exonerated, I should say from that, you know, th- there's very much this element, I think, with Luke Cage, which I really like is that he, he kind of thinks that the bigger world saving, you know, like the Avengers or, or all this kind of thing is maybe a bit beyond him right. it's best left to authors at least with res- regards to some of his earlier arcs obviously he's involved in civil war and so on but even within defenders he comes and he goes from that on, on the basis that it, it, it feels um this work is best left for for others i mean right. and i think lastly now in the the more modern stories we see him coming back into that but certainly initially it's it really sets him and establishes him around Harlem, which is kind of really interesting. I, I, I like that notion because, again, it's going to be one of those things where, you know, Danny Rand is this world-wise kind of figure. Uh, Luke Cage may be more concentrated on on his own neighbourhood yeah. uh, and, and how that works. So um, that, that should be really, uh, really good. But, yeah, you, you can't ever um, rule out... Um, a kid that can change his molecular structure and an alien microorganism to really um, <laughs> get thrown into the mix and change everything up. <laughs> you never know. You never know um, what what they'll do on Netflix. It, it just could be anything. You never know. They could have. Um... I suspect it. I mean, that's not oh, going to yeah. happen. But it's it's within the mm-hmm. comics, yeah, uh, and so on. So it, it's kind of interesting. It's just to say. It isn't always plain sailing for the two of them. Absolutely. And of course, ultimately, in the um, when Heroes for Hire come back together and they try and get Luke Cage back on, he doesn't want to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. And he only comes back in, and again, it links to this Master of the World, where he actually spies on Heroes for Hire um, sort of against Danny Rand mm-hmm. and, and the Iron Fist. And so, so there's tension there between the two, which is good as well, I think. Um, and ultimately, Heroes for Hire becomes an all-female um, group. That's right. That's right. Led by Misty Knight. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, a really cool little um, little evolution and development of the the Heroes for Hire from a hero for hire through to an all-female Heroes okay. for Hire. So, a nice little change in, in that group. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's a lot of the comic book talk. Is there anything else that that we want to throw into just the comic book side of things? Uh, I know a lot of his antagonists seem to be very local um, to 
Harlem and seem to be people that he's had a lot of history with in the past. So people like Stryker, uh, people like Cottonmouth, who we're going to see in the TV show, um, hasn't had, they haven't had huge arcs outside of the Luke Cage comic books. Um, any particular antagonists that we would, that we would be aware of or? Well, I've mentioned the Bushmasters, the two McIvers, uh, but again, that's criminal. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we have, uh, Scimitar actually, who again, that's more to do again with Heroes for Hire. Mm-hmm. Um, cause, yeah, Scimitar serves Master Khan, who is one of Iron Fist's sort of big bads. Right. So, I mean, again, just that connection between Iron Fist and, and Luke Cage exposes Luke to a lot of, uh, Iron Fist's own sort of enemies right. and, and, and villains. Yeah, it definitely um, seemed like in the early issues of, of Luke Cage, he was very much after the people he grew up with, uh, who, the people who were destroying Harlem in his mind. He was going after those, those gangs that have been flooding the streets with drugs. Those were, those were his villains to, to begin with. And then as he combined yeah. him with, uh, him with Iron Fist and him with the Avengers and all the different variants of them, uh, he kind of took on a, t- a kind of going up against all of their villains, but his own villains are very much street level and very much Harlem based, uh, villains for the yeah, most part. Definitely. Um, but having said that, we do have Dark Love, who is a demon, um, who, uh, kills Harmony Young, who again is another, you know, Luke Cage goes after Dark Love in, in effectively revenge of uh, Harmony Young's death and, and killing. Interesting, interesting. But I suspect we won't see that either in, in the show. Okay. And of course then, you know, after going from, you know, extraterrestrial demons like Dark Love, there is the criminals, as you say, from Harlem, but also from Seagate Prison. So we have Discus Stiletto, Shays, who's going to be in... Um, in the show. That's right. And Comanche, all criminals that Luke encounters during his um, incarceration in Seagate Prison. Very good. Very yeah. good. And um, so after all of that kind of 101 ideas, guys, any, any particular recommendations for our listeners for comic books to read? I know for myself, I'd highly recommend the first issue of Luke Cage, um, Hero for Hire number one. It's a really good, uh, a really good storyline at the opening of this comic book. And it, it does stand alone. There's not much, not many connections to the rest of Marvel uh, at the time. So a really good book, um, which you can get reasonably cheaply over on Comicsology. Um also read for for me again another another really good one is the first meeting of Iron Fist and Luke Cage in issue 48 49 50 and 51 of of Luke Cage really good story arc and uh, and it gets to know their relationship and who a lot of these characters are. Um Chris any ones from you? Yeah, um so there's a nice kind of two issue arc of Fantastic 4. Right. It's like Fantastic Four 168 to 170 where Luke Cage joins the Fantastic Four because they have a depowered thing. Interesting. Um, uh huh. Which is kind of, it's a nice, it's just a nice little kind of funny one. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a big fan of the actual original Power Man and Iron Fist kind of series. Um, so I think there was like 120 something of those. I'm not yeah. sure. There's wow. a fair of them. But then kind of more into the, the kind of when I started kind of hearing peripheral parts of him was like the 1997 reboot of Heroes for Hire. Where it's him and he brings back the TR and it's, right. it, it was back that time where, um, John, uh, Roger Stern and kind of, I can't remember the, uh, the, uh, artist's name, but he, that was, that's very kind of square jawed kind of art style. It was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. I like those ones. Um, right. obviously alias. Of course. Um, if you Absolutely. haven't read it yet, please do. 
Um, I think then, I'd recommend that every episode yeah. that we're on that we do Defenders TV podcast. If you haven't read Alias, go read it now. Uh, why are you listening to us? Pause us. Go read Alias and come back. <laughs> oh, oh, um, the Max series. He oh, yes. had called, what was it? Cage? Cage. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was really good. Um, and then kind of the newer stuff for me would be very much Civil War, where you seek Avengers, that kind of arc. Then mm. you have where he goes on to form the new Avengers post Civil War. Um, that was always quite a good one. And then from kind of, for if you really, really, really want to kind of go right up to date, the Mighty Avengers is the new one. Uh, the new arc that right. I do like. Um, and then I'm going to throw two final, final bits in, which I Ooh. always, cause I like, I like some of the, the more stranger ones. Uh, Marvel Zombies. Oh, classic. Cause yeah. he's in that and he's just, he actually is a fantastic character in that. Mm-hmm. And then, um, for fans of the Ultimate Universe, uh, he's in the Ultimate Defenders. Right. Um, which is pretty cool because he's actually not, a, he's not powered in that. But later gets his powers from Loki, and goes on to form the Ultimate Defenders with a few of them. Interesting, interesting. Yeah, some great recommendations there. Yeah, uh, John, any other ones for me? Um, well, I mean, definitely Alias for me, and the Hero for Hires, as Chris has already kind of mentioned. Mm-hmm. Again, other cameos where he's with Iron Fist certainly, and it'll help people get into um, the Iron Fist as well, is the Immortal Iron Fist collected editions as well, Absolutely. where he's there. Um, but at least in, um, in the, the New York-based aspect of the um, series, you, we have Luke Cage and uh, as well Misty Knight. Um, similar to, to Chris as well, the Marvel Max Cage, um, five issues, mm. uh, nice and succinct. But again, it's, you know, dark level, um, you know, adult themed. It'll be interesting, um, to see, you know, whether the tone of that crosses into, uh, the Marvel Netflix. Um, and uh, two others in, in alternative continuities is the, the Marvel Noir. I think you picked that up at New York Comic Con right. last year. Uh, looking at, you know, blending film noir, pulp fiction, um, again, Around his origin, really interesting if you're a fan of that kind of uh, material. And, of course, House of M, purely because House of M is a fantastic uh, alternative continuity anyway. But within that, Luke Cage forms a crime syndicate. And, again, it's it's, it's this element of the dark side sort of of Luke Cage that Mm -hmm. he... He wasn't necessarily uh, predisposed towards this path of being, um, you know, a, a hero for hire, but that um, he forms this crime syndicate within uh, House of M. But ultimately, it later turns into a human resistance movement against the mutants. That's so right. really, really Very cool important. little uh, idea there. And of course, it, it, again, it links you in with House of M, which is a, a huge uh, event piece, uh, which was fantastic. Really cool. Brilliant book. Um, I think that's enough for the for the comics side of things. Uh, our next episode, obviously, is going to be out on the 30th of September, all about the first episode of Luke Cage, the TV series. So maybe it's time to have a little discussion about uh, the TV show, guys. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, what yeah. we think is going to happen. Um, so first off, obviously, we, we have mentioned a couple of times now that Luke Cage was obviously in the Jessica Jones TV series. So where we kind of left him after that show is that he knows um, that Jessica has killed uh, Reva Connors. Um as we said earlier on, spoilers for that show. Um, but he's kind of been been left with no home, no job. Has his bar has been blown up by uh, by, by Kilgrave. Um, we he's told the audience and he's told Jessica that he's got the powers from a failed experiment. So that's why we believe that the the show itself is going to cover that failed experiment. 
Um, and he's met Claire Temple, so that, that big character in the comic books for him, someone that he did have a relationship with, he's already met her in the TV show, so she's now going to carry across to, to Harlem with him. Um, we know he's got a cool bike. Uh, a very well. cool bike. <laughs> Still wears a crash helmet, though. That's right. That's right. But I suspect that's because of legal requirements. I'd Probably say so. Get pulled over. He'd keep getting pulled over by the cops. Exactly. Exactly. Unless he was in South Carolina, in which case he could also carry a gun. That's true. <laughs> well, he doesn't need a gun. He's bulletproof. Uh, he can just use his fists to punch Yeah, but his enemies face. aren't. That's true. <laughs> Very good point. Very good point. I'm um, not saying he goes around shooting himself. Or angle. Well, he, needs he, a, just, he needs a whole for his angle, angle grinder. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, have you seen this? Wow, wow. It's like the, the, what was that magic mic, the one with Channing Tatum, where it's just yeah. like, wow, wow. That's basically what Luke Cage does. Mike, Mike Coulter just like, oh, yeah. We have to, YouTube, we have to be able to do some YouTubing because, uh, Chris doing his angle grinding is a thing of Oh, YouTube. God, yeah. <laughs> it's not quite like magic mic, No, no. It's, it's more like not so magic mic. Let's call it that, yeah. Not so magic mic. <laughs> So, uh, after that experience on Jessica Jones, guys, what are you, what are, what are your thoughts for the TV show? We've got a, got a pretty good cast on the TV show. Uh, do you think it's going to be any way similar? Do you think they're going to take some of Luke's character from, uh, from Jessica Jones? Do you think it's going to be a very similar character or do you think going to change it up a bit? Uh, personally, I think it's pretty much going to be, it's a, it's a transition that I think it's more the, the, we got a good, as you said, about four episodes of him. We got a, a very much a, a and a moose bouche of the different range he has, uh, from uh-huh. angry to not so angry to, yeah, it's basically those two points. Angry to not so angry. Um, mm. and I think, I think they just <laughs> need to expand on it slightly. I still yeah. love, yeah. um, the actor who plays him. It's, he's a fantastic actor. He's got some great previous, he's got great depth. Um, so I do see this being very much the, the the boy coming home after going to war kind of story, right? Right, my my culture, yeah, he's been he was really good in, in Jessica Jones. I think they gave themselves a really good out in that show. I don't know whether we talked about it very much when we were doing our cover of Jessica Jones, but I think they gave themselves a really good out. The fact that Kilgrave was in control of Luke for such a long time in the show um, gives them kind of a way to go. Well, this is is this isn't always how he acts all the time. Uh, a lot of those were words that were put in his mouth by. Kilgrave, yeah. you know, the actions that he had, the things that he did, a lot of them were controlled by Kilgrave and, and giving him that uh, giving him that style. So he could be very different in, in the Luke Gage TV show. He could have a very different attitude than we've seen uh, in in Jessica Jones. But I like that we've had this intro to him. I like that we know a bit of his history and I like that we know, um, know a bit about the character, uh, but not a huge amount. There's a lot to explore in the show. I would agree. Like, Luke Cage is a serious character. I think mm-hmm. he's that in the comics. Um, and I, I think he is lightened by the people around him. I think having Misty Knight there, having Claire Temple, it was like having Jessica yeah. uh, there. They're the things that bring the, the lightness to the character of Luke Cage because they bring out the more tender moments, the more fun, the more comedy moments. And this is why, for me, I think actually it's really important that we the whole Misty Knight um, interaction with, with Luke Cage. And and I think, you know, the cherry on top for that is going to be that she introduces her boyfriend, Danny Rand. Hopefully. Um, yes. And that they begin 
maybe, you know, the tentative steps towards being the best of friends, because I think, you know, this relationship between the two, I just hope the Netflix series don't ignore that and don't ignore the Heroes for Hire thing totally. And it just becomes a defenders. Um, I suspect they won't do. I'm absolutely uh-huh. convinced um, that Danny Rand is going to show up in uh, this series uh, of Luke Cage. To what extent, we have to wait and see. But I think he's definitely going to be there. That's one of the things I'm really holding on to. Um, I'm really just holding then on to seeing just more of Luke Cage's universe. As, as I said right at the start, this is something that's... Um, I don't know that much about, uh, and I really want to see this brought to life on the show. I, I really want to explore and delve into Luke Cage's uh, background, um, his, his, his world um, with this show, and I think that's going to be very different from um, Daredevil, certainly. I mean, a bit in the same way as with Jessica Jones. Jessica Jones was a very new thing for me That's right. Um, yeah. when we came to the Netflix um, shows. I mean, yes, I'd seen... Um, and, and read up, you know, leading up to that in the same way I've done with, with Luke Cage. But still, there is an unknown quantity here for me that I really want to see. And I think hopefully, yeah, as, as Chris said, you know, that they develop on from the, um, you know, the angry Luke Cage, the more angry Luke Cage, the less angry. You got Luke the Cage. lover Luke Cage as well. Oh, okay. that, that, but that was kill, that, that was Kilgrave. And he was angry Luke Cage. It was angry love Luke Cage. That bed did not survive. No, it did not. No, no it did not. Those bedposts were pummeled to dust, I think. <laughs> well, one of the other great things for the show is that, obviously, as you mentioned, Claire Temple's coming over as well from Daredevil and Jessica Jones. So one of the great things it does have going for it is we now have two characters coming into this show that we know um, from the pre- from previous shows in, in the in form of Rosaria Dawson, who I think in every review of every episode of the shows that she's been in, we've all gone, oh, isn't it great to see Claire? She's so good in this episode. She's brilliant in this episode. She's really been the heart of uh, of shows that are that kind of go wildly off into supernatural or superhuman um, concepts, and then you bring in Claire Temple to kind of be the voice of the audience or be the voice of New York and Hell's Kitchen. So um, she's now going to be in in uh, in Harlem uh, with Luke Cage. And will she steal Luke Cage's heart? Will we see them uh, hook up? Yeah, maybe, you know? maybe. Uh, they do seem to have a relationship and she does obviously know that he is, uh, he is a super guy. Um, she obviously has her experience with, uh, Daredevil and with Jessica Jones. So she can really be a kind of a person to lean on for Luke, uh, if he can't talk to other people around him, which I like. I think that's going to be a good relationship. Will we, in fact, see Jessica Jones come into Luke Cage? I mean, that's the thing. The cross, mm. I mean, we know Claire Temple's going to be there, but I mean, the crossover potential now, you know, we, we got the first iteration of that with, uh, Luke being in Jessica Jones, but I mean, Luke's show, not only can it be about him, but it can introduce the threads of Iron Fist and it can reconnect us with, uh, with Jessica Jones. And I mean, let's not forget that they managed to hide, um, Wilson Fisk's appearance for Daredevil 2 so well. I mean, in this day and age, it's, it's testament to the producers uh, and the lockdown there because I mean, you know, could you imagine if we knew all that from the start and you're just kind of waiting for it where it came straight from left field, Mm -hmm. you know, and that was fantastic. I mean, you know, like Christopher Nolan keeping things under wraps, I thought they did that really, really well. Um, and, and maybe they've done the same here with regards to some other key figures from the Marvel Netflix world. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I've, with Claire Temple and Rosario Dawson, I'm very much liking, I, I think at the beginning, I, I, I was probably more harsh on her, 
Um, and the more that we've kind of seen her now across three seasons of different shows, she's becoming the, the, the Coulson, the Agent Coulson right. of yeah. the Marvel Netflix universe where she Absolutely. will bring them together. She will form the Avengers initiative or the, the Defenders initiative. Mm-hmm. And it is right. You were right when you were saying she brings the human element. They don't forget your roots part to the, the, each of the shows. Um, mm-hmm. in a lot of these shows are mystical or superhero or superhuman. She brings that element, which is, I think, I don't know how they're going to do it now because she's very much not the hospital. She's not the nurse in a hospital. Mm-hmm. I have two fears for this show. One being, um, that they disuse the characters like, uh, Colleen Wing and Claire Temple in that they, these are human, uh, kind of protagonists, but mm-hmm. then we, they, they'll focus less on them and more just on Luke and the kind of the, 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 the Harlem backstory. And then that leads me to my next one, which is we live in a world now of Game of Thrones, of, um, ABC shows that are, and, and uh, HBO shows that are very much well crafted. It's a revival of the black exploitation type, uh, genre where we have power and we have, um, um, like the, the, some of the other shows where these, these, these who would have previously into the early 2000s and previous in, in the early late nineties, they would have mm-hmm. been side characters and no channel would give a true view of Harlem in terms right. of the way right. it is now. It would have been overly kind of, uh, like guys with baggy pants and showing their underwear mm-hmm. with a, a do rag and kind of like gun held sideways kind of gang, yeah. like the stereotypical kind of style. That's the, uh-huh. the, I, let's say like when I say I have a fear that they may like overuse or over stylize some of Harlem. I know what you mean. I, I know what you but mean. To date, they have not done that. They, they, I should have trust in them that they're probably not going to yeah. do that. But again, yeah. it's always that I, as a man who hates tropes, if they, if we suddenly get a do-rag uh, wife-beater styled kind of uh, clothing with baggy pants mm-hmm. and a side-withheld gun of a gang member, then I'm like, oh, if you do it more than once, it's not funny right. anymore. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's one of the really intriguing things about this show, the showrunner that was chosen for it, Chio Coker. Um, he really does seem to have have his own concept of what he wants to deliver with this show. He does want to deliver the Marvel Universe's version of The Wire. That's kind of his his view on it. Is looking at a show that uh, that really got it right in terms of a, of a of a small community in Baltimore, and he wants to transport that into uh, a community like Harlem in in New York. So he sends it sends like everything that we've heard, and again. Most of it's promotional material, so you never know until you see it. Yeah. But, um, but he does seem to be very, um, very in tune with that fact that he wants to create something for today about street level characters. Um, it, and he does seem to have that ability with, with a character like Luke Cage, who a lot of people don't know much of the backstory, much like ourselves, um, where he's going to be able to create the show that he wants to create, which I really, I'm really intrigued with. Um, Let's talk about quickly just one. I don't want, really want to dwell on other people's previews of, uh, of Luke Cage, but one of the things that's really stood out is the character of Misty Knight. Pretty much everybody is saying that she is 
fantastic that Simone Missick has done a great job at Misty Knight. And this is the show is kind of a two-hander between her and Luke Cage and what she does in Harlem and what he does in Harlem and them working together, which I really like. I love the idea that this is going to be potentially another uh, main female lead for a Marvel show. Uh, after the success of Jessica Jones, you'd think they'd want to greenlight every major <laughs> female character in Marvel and give them all some really good writers behind them. So I'm kind of excited to see a, another strong female character in the Netflix universe. Definitely, definitely. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, that this, this character is critical in this, in this world, um, both in terms of Luke Cage, uh, but also with, um, with Iron Fist and with Danny Rand and, and, and for herself as well as, you know, being a, a similarly strong, uh, woman like, um, Jessica Jones, who is trying to, um, do the work, um, for her community, mm-hmm. like, um, like Luke Cage is doing. You know, she has her own detective agency. I don't know whether that will be the case in, in, in Luke Cage, but, you know, this is, um, again, really important connective character and an important character in her own right. Um, that, that needs to work for the shows because of that kind of keystone element to this character. Um, so yeah, I, I can't wait to see, um, what Simone Missick, uh, brings here. Um, definitely, definitely. Yeah. We do know she's an investigator. We know that she has a partner in uh, in that investigative agency. Frank Wally plays that character, Raphael Scarf. Um, so, uh, so that, so we we know we know that taking that element from the comic book quickly. Just about the the villains for the TV show. Our biggest villain here is we kind of sort of mentioned Cottonmouth uh, in the villains for the comic book. Uh, Cottonmouth is the leader of um, of the rivals gang that John mentioned earlier on from the comic books, um, but he's getting a much bigger part in the show uh, being played by Maharshala Ali from um, from House of Cards. Uh, really, really enjoying this character so far in the trailers. Really seeing a, a cool side of him. One of the greatest things that, that the Netflix shows have had so far has been the villains mm. uh, for their shows. And so far, Cornell Cottonmouth Stokes seems to be up there with uh, with uh, Wilson Fisk, somebody that seems to be justifying himself as a leader within within Harlem's criminal um, element, uh, similar to the way uh, Wilson Fisk did. So really excited to see... Um, those bad guys uh, as we get into the as we get into the show uh, we've also got Alfie Woodard very well-known actress going to be playing Maria Stokes um, related to Cornell Stokes obviously from the name uh, but I'll say nothing more uh, and finally we got Theo Rossi who John mentioned Shades uh, is playing Shades from uh, another comic book character one of Luke's friends um, and works on the other side of the house overall yeah really good cast really intrigued to see this uh, to see what's coming up on the show Completely agree with you. Uh, Mahar Shala Ali, um, which I know I'm probably going to mispronounce, unfortunately, throughout our, throughout our coverage, and I apologize in advance, and I'll work on it. I remember him from the 1400 TV show back in the, uh, kind of, I think it was late 2000s, early 2000s. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. He was fantastic in that, and I forever have always loved that actor. Um, so very, from, as we heard, the, some of these previews that have started coming out now through some of the larger, uh, kind of the IGNs, etc. Um, that they are literally saying he is an amazing, non-spoilery, obviously, but saying he is an amazing, uh, character and he's brought to life through this. Um, so I'm, I'm interested. Uh, again, I, I'm preserving some judgment. Until course, the very first episode, and then I'd be like, "I love it, yay!" <laughs> and don't worry, don't worry about mispronouncing his name, Chris. Remember, 
John mispronounced Vincent D'Onofrio for the first episode <laughs> and then never mispronounced it again. I did, once. yeah. So, uh, so just um, the first episode. I, I did have a problem with D'Onofrio at one stage right. in terms of pronouncing his name, that is, rather than the man himself. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm really looking forward uh, to Mahershala uh, Ali's uh, portrayal in This Is Cottonmouth uh, yeah. as well. Uh, I mean, really uh enjoys him in um house of cards he's um you know again in really uh, an important film called moonlight recently the premiere of that is um i think at the london film festival um really important uh kind of work that he's done uh, and he's just shown to be such a great actor and i just know he's going to bring it here for cottonmouth so i'm really looking forward to seeing um him do this i really want to see how they they deal with um shades for for theo rossi just the fact you know uh, will we see him in prison together will there be that kind of sort of tentative sort of antagonistic type of relationship so be really good i'm just so looking forward to to learning more uh, about this this world definitely and the final big thing, really, for Luke Cage, and I don't think we can we can go it, we can leave our Luke Cage one on one without talking about it, is the music element for the show. Yeah. This has been omnipresent since the start. One of the really interesting things I found out about Chio Coker, the showrunner, was that he was a former music journalist, which would be a very good reason why music has has become such an important part for uh, for him in this show. Um, he is known to have had the cast make up individual playlists for themselves about for their characters. Had had they described their characters to themselves by making you know a twelve song playlist that they that they think represents them. Um, he's also released every single. Uh, episode for the show he's released the name of it and each one of them is a, a, a song titled by the band gangstar from the 90s um really interesting i've made up a playlist which you can find on our website over at defenders tv podcast.com of each of the 13 songs what's interesting about them is they're all rap songs they all have a focus of each song and if you listen to them i'm sure they're spoiling uh, the central theme from some of the episodes so as we go through our podcasts on each episode of luke cage uh, we can probably talk about the song as uh, as well uh, that that are that are in the episodes because i do feel just by looking through the through the titles of them that uh, there is definitely an influence and he's chosen those songs for a reason for each episode which i think is a cool idea cool cool yeah no absolutely and i mean there's going to be performances obviously Cottonmouth has a club so there's Mm -hmm. um performances uh within that that's right faith evans has already been confirmed to be on the show so they're very very popular uh 90s uh 90s r&b singers yeah so i mean this will be interesting i mean in some ways it's a bit like the aka uh episode titles for um jessica jones were you know it it, it was a, a line or a phrase used um, and and normally uh, an important part of that episode and, and you know i think maybe with the song titles uh, and the songs themselves that they represent important parts of, of those episodes so really interesting uh twist on, on that that element that i think jessica jones introduced here mm-hmm. obviously now with um with the the gangstar uh for song titles so yeah. really really good yeah and finally the music itself for the show all the score and and all the uh, the acts that are being put on the soundtrack uh were all chosen by uh ali shahid mohammed uh who's formerly a member of the tribe called of the tribe called quest another 
classic Can I Kick It, one of my favorite songs of, uh, of the 90s. Um, he, so he's been heavily involved in all the score and all the music, uh, along with composer Adrian Young. So um, really intrigued to see what they have for us here. Uh, I'm I'm totally conscious I'm going to be singing everything and having every piece of the soundtrack on, on my Spotify for uh, for months afterwards already. I'm, I'm convinced of it because I've been listening to uh, listen to lots of Gangstar for the last couple of months since uh, since these episode titles have been released. So, Chris, after our, our Luke Cage 101, where do you think this is on the excitement scale at the moment? I, I'm, I'm going to come in at a three. I, okay. I'm. It would potentially be lower if I hadn't have seen my culture in Luke Cage so far in Jessica Jones to date. Mm-hmm. Um, my, as I kind of mentioned already, my, my fear is that we will get a stereotypical, like if we will get a badly produced wire. Um, right. but, but I say that and evidence should point to the contrary. So it should be more four out of five, uh, in terms of excitement and what I think is going to be at the moment. I'm mm-hmm. kind of playing it safe with saying a three. Um, okay. It, it's going to be interesting in the end. We'll, we'll kind of very much, I'll know within about two, three episodes if, yeah. if this is as good as we think it may be. Uh, and if they, we are okay to say that, no, this will be become one of our favorites within the, because this does have the option and potentially, especially the music element as well, gives it the potential to surpass Daredevil uh, in terms of kind of the, what people will remember about Marvel, Netflix's kind of that, that, that the genre we have, they've created so far. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. John. Yeah, no, I'm really looking forward to this. Uh, just to find more about Luke Cage, um, hopefully see some introduction of Danny Rand. Um, but also just, I mean, so far, um, just haven't felt disappointed by anything that Marvel Netflix has done. So mm-hmm. uh, I'm really excited for this. Um, and can't wait for it to, to drop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm getting really excited now. I must say, I've kind of been uh, been monitoring everything about Luke Cage as it's coming up. Uh, really excited to see. I think this have had the potential to be on a level like Jessica Jones was, where I went into it going, "This is going to be a great Marvel show," and then came out going, "That was a great TV yeah. show uh, made by Netflix." Um, I'm kind of hoping I'm going to have the same feeling with Luke Cage. I'm, I'm always really positive as we go into reviewing something. It's always really exciting to get to this starting point where we've got 13 episodes to watch, 13 hours. Of this brand new character really to us in this brand new world and, uh, and see what they're going to do with it. Uh, really, really excited to see that. Yeah. I think with that, everyone, um, that's our 101 for Luke Cage. Mm-hmm. Um, you can subscribe to our podcast. Just go over to, uh, defenderstvpodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Defenders TV podcast in any other good podcast catcher. Um, Again, you can join our group on Facebook. Just go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Defenders TV podcast uh, and ask to come and join in the group there for discussions um, and uh, and chit chat that we have over there. You can follow us on Twitter at Defenders Cast. And of course, if you want to be a part of the podcast, if you want to give any feedback on any of the episodes, um, just send in feedback to feedback at defenderstvpodcast.com. You can leave it on the group or you can leave a voicemail if you go to our website uh, to www.defenderstvpodcast.com. You'll see 
on the right hand side of the screen uh, a place where you can leave voicemail up to 90 seconds um, you can uh, be a part of the podcast so again I think with that it's just to remind everyone that we will be back on the 30th of September and from then every Tuesday and Friday with new reviews of Luke Cage season 1 as it drops on the 30th of September globally by uh, Netflix so the countdown continues so excited Mm -hmm. so excited Thank you so much for listening, and I will speak to you soon. And enter the competition. Enter the competition. Yes, (laughs) that will close the 28th of September in time for the 30th of September draw on our review and discussion of the first episode of Luke Cage. Uh, It will go into the uh, iconic hat um, of of destiny where a, a hand will go in and pick at random. Mm-hmm. I can honestly say, uh, PricewaterhouseCooper is there to verify all results. <laughs> no, they will not. <laughs> no, seriously, it, it goes in the hat and it gets pulled. Um, so, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Uh, thanks so much for joining us. Cheers, guys. Sweet Christmas. We'll talk to you again soon. Bye. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Defenders TV Podcast, a TV podcast industries production. If you want to help out the podcast and you've enjoyed listening to us, there's some really easy ways to do it. If you can share our episodes through your social media channels like Twitter, Reddit, Facebook, or Google+, that gets some extra listeners into us. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes or a rating, just leave a five-star rating, click the button, or go to iTunes through DefendersTVPodcast.com slash iTunes. We'll take you straight to our page and leave us a review or a rating there. That always helps out independent podcasts. And also, as always, we love to hear your feedback about the show's interaction with our audience is what we really, really love. So you can send us feedback to feedback at DefendersTVPodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.